Welcome to the Faith Forward podcast series. Faith Forward is a grassroots network dedicated to bringing together leaders of ministry with children, youth, and families for collaboration, resourcing, and inspiration toward innovative theology and practice. Through this series, we'll learn from creative, forward-thinking leaders who are pushing the boundaries and reimagining what it means to follow Jesus' way of love and justice today. Join us as we instigate a revolution of hope in our world. Welcome, everyone, to the Faith Forward podcast. My guest today is Henry Zonio. Um, Henry is a sociologist whose research focuses on children and families and social inequalities and religion. Uh, and to that research, he brings over 25 years of experience in children's ministry. And he's also a, uh, a regular writer for Children's Ministry magazine. Um, Lately, Henry has been doing a lot of teaching at the university level, uh, and so he has taught courses uh, at many different schools, including Asbury University and the University of Kentucky. Uh, Henry, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you because I just think your research is um, so, I mean, it's more important now than ever, I think. Um, and, and so your current research focuses on how young people learn about race and learn about gender um, through children's ministry, youth ministry, religious education programs, essentially, at, uh, mm -hmm. at congregations. So let's begin there. What, in a nutshell, is your, uh, is your research? Because I just think we should just crack it open and, and get into it. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, it's it, it's been interesting, like taking a look at like when I first thought up of this research project. I mean, this was my dissertation project for my PhD program, and right. at the time it was like I think 2015. Yeah, 2015 when I was thinking about the project and um, thought, oh yeah, no, it's part of it had to do just with my background. I mean, I'm half Filipino, half Portuguese, and so. Um, trying to to sort through like all the stuff that as I grew up in church and all the the race things and all that stuff and then even as a children's pastor thinking through all those issues but um, but yeah then after 2016 election happened here in the right. U.S. was like oh this is really good good research very salient research for what's happening so um but yeah so I spent um 15 months at three different churches um one was a predominantly white church, predominantly Spanish-speaking church, and then a predominantly African-American church. Just spent time in Sunday schools um, classes, so like kindergarten, first grade. So I was focusing on young children. Okay. We're just entering like into elementary school because um, that's when they're starting to interact with people who are outside of their family for the most part. Um, right. And so did that, was in Sunday school classes, did group interviews like um, with kids and talked about, like showed them pictures of different ethnic representations of the, the nativity scene and other Bible stories and had them talk around those types of issues. And then also um, did a lot of um, analysis of the curriculum that was used at the churches to mm -hmm. try and tease out um, some 
some of the stuff of like how is race um, talked about or represented. Um, same thing with gender, and so um, so yeah. So it was it was rather fascinating research. I'm still like now that I'm done with the dissertation, I'm trying to to frantically work through it and try and turn it into a big book format. So um, mm. so that's the the next process of it. But yeah, so it's 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 been rather enlightening, um, confirming some of the stuff that a lot of us already know about. I'm sure it's like white Jesus is all over the place. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> in curriculum and everything, which we all knew and know, but um, but actually sitting down and doing the systematic work of going through and looking at it, it's like, no, it's, it's all there. It's like, it's all over the place. Yeah, um, even, it's even worse than we thought. Oh my gosh, that, yeah, that's, that was the hardest thing. Like, um, when I um, did the research for, I submitted a chapter to a um, book that um, recently came out taking a look at like the normalization of whiteness and curriculum. And yeah, that was one thing I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all over the place. And some publishers, and I won't name names of publishers, but there were some publishers. I was just like, really? Can you like not have like white Jesus at one time? Like, so, but um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting to to tie in the curricular piece with how children talk about race and gender within the context of church, um, and then also like what was happening in the Sunday school classes. So you mentioned that that curricular piece. Um, what about things in the in the church as well? Like that you you obviously looked at um, different types of of churches. Are there things that you noticed? um about the way race and gender are are either explicitly or implicitly addressed um in in what actually happens in religious education programs in sunday school mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question um so there were definitely differences between the three different churches i was at um i mean the one common thing between all of them though was the at least in the race wasn't explicitly talked about at any of the churches. Well, I take that back. It was a little bit in the African-American church, and I'll come back to that in just a little bit. But sure. for the most part, with the curriculum itself, like what was taught as far as like the Bible stories and lessons and all of that, um, there was no connection of like what race and racism and racial justice, how that was tied into our calling as being Christians and um, being made in the image of God and recognizing the image of God in other people and providing dignity to um, people who aren't like us. So that was completely left out of what was taught. Um, so like at the, for example, like at the, the predominantly white church um, that I was at, I mean, it's everything from like the the pictures that were up on the wall i mean there's the they had this thing called like flat jesus where it, over the summer which they like made copies and laminated pictures of jesus that kids could take with them and take pictures throughout the summer sort of right. like a flat stanley if you're familiar with flat stanley yeah 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 which is the, i mean it's cute and it's, gnome. yeah so yeah exactly so I mean, and it's cute and it's a way to keep connected, but at the same time, it's like, it's this white Jesus, which was um, rather interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so there just was no, there was no conversation about race at all at the, the predominantly white church. Um, it was just taken for granted that what we're teaching is the Bible, um, which is very important, but um, that, that 
that's all we needed to do. And that, that if we're teaching the Bible, then we're teaching absolutely everything right. um, that kids need to know without, without really realizing that we're not just teaching the Bible. It's like, we've got cultural lenses that we use to interpret the Bible and teach the Bible. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds um, me of Elliot Eisner's work about, like he talks about the explicit and the implicit curriculum, like curricula. Yes. Right? Like, oh, I'm glad but, that you brought him up because I use that, no curriculum yeah. from. Yeah, Elliot yeah, exactly. Eisner, so. Exactly. And that's the one that so 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 how explain what the null curriculum is, and how you saw it played out in relation to to race and gender. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm glad that you brought up Elliot Eisner. So he talks about and we most of us know about, you know, the implicit curriculum and the explicit curriculum or the hidden curriculum. Yeah. And so he he created this term called the null curriculum, which is stuff that isn't taught taught. Um, and so his argument is that what's not taught um, limits what children can um, imagine or even think about. So it's this epistemological argument that, um, so if we're not talking about race, then that means we're actually leaving it out of the conversation, right. which implicitly says that it's not important. Um, right. And so, so yeah, so that, it's, uh, that was one, one concept I pulled into uh, my analysis was because there, like race is a null curriculum. It's not talked about. In fact, I found that it was erased a lot of the time. And by that, um, so for example, like the story of the Good Samaritan, um, yep. I mean, it's like, if you grew up in church, you heard the story of the Good Samaritan over and over and over and over again. Yes, I've, um, I've, I've heard it once or twice. I think I'm vaguely. Familiar. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, it's told in such a way that, so you hear this story about this guy that goes to, like going to Jerusalem, gets beaten up and the, the religious leaders pass him by and the Samaritan guy comes and takes care of him. And, and sometimes you hear that, oh yeah, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't like each other. So, um, so it's this, this, story that we tell that, oh, Jesus is telling us that we need to help people in need, even if we may not like them. Um, But I mean, we leave out though, that it's more than just that, that there were actually like major ethnic, like ethnic um, tensions between the Samaritans and the Jews, Right. that it wasn't just a dislike, that there was a hatred for each other um, that were linked to ethnic things, linked to religious things. And it's a parallel to like our racial tensions that we have today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I found in some of the curriculum that I looked at, like the adult portion, so you know how some curriculum have um, like a a devotional for the adult to read, the teacher to read. Yeah. Um, they would talk about the racial tensions in the U.S. and how that would be a parallel to what was happening between the Samaritans and the Jews, and uh-huh. so making that connection with the adults, but then the actual teaching material itself erased the racial tension and just said, well, Jesus just wants us to help people in need. Wow. So that's one, I mean, that's that's an example, a very explicit example of how race became a null curriculum. Right uh, in those and and so I saw that happen at all of the churches and so the argument I was making and it's consistent with what um, Eisner was saying is that when we when we don't when we remove and have a null curriculum then other ideological beliefs and understandings will fill in that gap so mm-hmm. um, so 
if we're not talking about race and racial um, justice and racism in the church, then kids and teachers and whoever att who attend those churches are going to bring the understandings of race and racism that they get from dominant culture, right. whether explicit or implicitly, into the Sunday school classroom. Right. And then that gets mixed in with spirituality and theology and all this other stuff. And as a byproduct, we end up with this white spirituality right. um, on the other side of it without even realizing that that's what we've done. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's like, I've noticed that it's, it's one of those things that's been happening in the past number of years. I think it's ramped up um, is that, you know, when, when churches do this, when they have the, you know, they take the major issues of, uh, of justice, right. Whether it's um, sexual orientation or gender or race, and they don't speak about it. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that it's just, well, it's just, you know, all kind of neutral. It actually is, is forming them to see that the church doesn't really care about these things. And the, the, there is no place in the church for, for this to be discussed when more and more in other parts of society, it is being discussed. So it's almost like the church is becoming less relevant to young people who do care about these issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even, even not so much that the church doesn't care and at least like in the Sunday school aspect. And I think mm -hmm. the other, what happens is that there's no counter narrative um, right. if that makes sense to, so when we, so then when someone does bring up race and racism in a church context, so the kids get older and into middle school and high school, um, then the reaction, and I see this here, even at my own university here, I mean, Asbury University is a Christian university. Mm -hmm. And when we have like, like speakers talk about race, some of the students are like, that's a political issue. Why are we talking about that during wow. chapel? Chapel is about like Wesleyan holiness, because that's our Asbury University is a Wesleyan holiness university. And I'm like, no, this is a theological issue. This is a discipleship issue. Yeah. But that's, that's not, since we don't talk about it at church, then it does, it's relegated to the realm of politics, right? Um, rather than one's own spirituality and one's own discipleship. Um, so it's so, interesting, it's interesting that you mentioned how you see that kind of getting played out at your current context of, of teaching at a university. Um, you bring a ton of experience in congregational children's ministry uh, with you um, that you had before you got into, you, before you did your PhD and got into sociology. Um, are there ways that, that uh, or things that you've seen or, or learned about through your research that, that were visible in your time in congregational ministry? kind of looking retrospectively um as far as like how to like do this <laughs> um, or, or stuff or, that you found at these these churches that were involved with your research some of the things that you learned oh, along yes. the way that looking back were were visible um and and maybe just you know more implicit than uh, mm -hmm. than, than they yeah. would know for you yeah i guess um one of the things like one of the um the things that that motivated me to do this research that I, that I had thought as I was thinking, okay, what do I need to do for my dissertation topic and all of this? And I knew right. that I wanted to do something with church and stuff. But um, I remember one time I went to go pick up my daughter from the nursery um, 
And when I picked her up, um, the, the nursery worker, I mean, she was like three years old or so, three or four years old. And the, the volunteer at the time, so I'm the children's pastor at the church. And so the volunteer right. is like, I need to talk to you. You know, it's that, <laughs> that there was a problem. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, great. What did my daughter do? It's like, the, I'm the children's pastor and the, the pastor's kid did something really bad. Um, <laughs> and she, and so the, the volunteer told me, said, oh, well, you know, your daughter and this other girl, they, they were excluding someone else from playing with them. And I'm like, okay. And she said, and when I asked them why they were not letting this other girl play with them in their group, they said, oh, because her skin's too dark. And I, I, I had to, I, it hit me at that moment. I'm like, wait a minute, what are you telling? Like, I was thinking like, where did my daughter learn this? It's like, yeah. I'm half Filipino. I have dark skin. Yeah. My dad's skin is even darker than mine. She loves her grandfather. So I'm like, where in the world did she learn this? Like, and she's in church. She has it like, so that, that began a little bit of like trying to think of like, okay, so where are we, where is my, like, where are kids learning about this in general? And then it's like, okay, so what are we doing in the church to like, again, like have these countercultural stories about race? Mm -hmm. Um, and up until that point, I just, I didn't really pay attention too much other than the joke of like, oh yeah, white Jesus, mm -hmm. not really thinking about the implications of what that meant. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, a, a, as I've done this research and I'm like interacting with the, the kids and taking a look at the curriculum, I'm like, the curriculum didn't change much. Like from when I was a children's pastor, it's still right. the same sort of stuff. I mean, in fact, I mean, Sunday school curriculum hasn't changed since the late 1800s, really. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's problematic too. I mean, we think in the late 1800s, like they're like we were still dealing with the legacies of slavery in the U.S. Yeah. at that time. And so, um, but yeah, it's a, it's 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 been an interesting journey on this side of things and looking retrospectively at what um, like I did. I'm like, wow, there there's a lot of things that I should have done, but. I just wasn't aware of at the time um, mm -hmm. and didn't know. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm excited about this research and trying to get it out there. It's like, okay, so here, there are some things that can be done. Um, right. And and they don't, you don't have to be a, you don't have to have a PhD in sociology or be a curriculum expert to do it. Um, right. They're just these little things that can be done. Uh, so so th th that's perfect. So you know, leading from that, what advice would you have for leaders, um, whether children's pastors or lay volunteers um, who want to actively, you know, work against racial and, and gender injustice um, through mm -hmm. ministry with children and youth? Yeah, no, that's great. I think one of the things that I found hopeful in my research was um, at the African-American church, because um, mm -hmm. what I found was even though they were using, they were also using curriculum that was predominantly white and done by a publisher that's predominantly white and the pictures yeah. were predominantly white. Yeah. But one thing that I found that was different than in the, even the Spanish speaking church is that um, in the African-American church that I was at, their, their African-Americanness, their identity as African-Americans was tied in with their identity as Christians. Mm -hmm. um, so that infused a lot of what they talked about. So one story that they were learning one time was about Solomon building the temple. And the lesson was about the importance of going to church. 
And in the middle of this lesson, the teacher at the time, he stopped me and said, well, let me tell you about the history of our church. And so this is a church that's been around since the early 1900s. And he's like, when we first started, we were these small church groups meeting in homes because Black people couldn't meet in large groups. Um, and so, but we knew that this is what God wanted us to do. And we were faithful to follow God in the midst of the oppression that Black people had. And now look at us. And this church that I was at is actually one of the larger African-American churches in the city. So there were those little things that they would infuse like their identity as marginalized people. Um, and that was part of their, their spiritual and theological identity as well. And right. so I think to translate that into, okay, so what can churches do? Okay. So it's like, well, I'm a predominantly white church or whatever, is that, um, we need to start thinking about like beyond just that, that it's not just, again, going back to the idea of like, we're not just teaching the Bible. It's mm -hmm. more than just that. It's like, yes, we are teaching the Bible, but along, alongside that, we are teaching culture. And so if we're not aware of that, then we can't change that. So I think the first thing is just to even just be aware that, um, that we're not just teaching just the, we're, we're not just teaching the Bible, that we're right. also teaching culture along with it. And right. so if you're a predominantly white church, then you're teaching predominantly white culture alongside the Bible, right. um, whether you realize it or not. That's inscribed in, in church life at every level, right? Like even in, mm -hmm. in, in theology, you know, there's this. Oh my gosh, this, yes. Yeah, like you have um, black theology, right? You have Muharista theology, you have mm -hmm. womanist theology, feminist theology, but white men's theology doesn't need an adjective. Apparently. No, it's just theology. Right? Exactly. It's just, you know, that's the normative um, theology. And, and so that's why there's this push in, and this gradual rise of whiteness studies to recognize mm -hmm. that it actually isn't, you know, it deserves an adjective just like everything else, because it isn't this normative, everything else is derivative or, or kind of a, an excursion from this norm. And mm -hmm. it's what we teach our, you know, you and I both teach at schools and, and it's what we end up teaching. Um, we, we really have to counter that when we're teaching ministers and when we're teaching uh, pastors who are in seminary um, so that they aren't just reinscribing that unknowingly in everything from sermons to children's ministry. Yeah. So I think that's the first step is just to, just to name it, to say, mm -hmm. yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, and again, not to make you feel bad, but just to be aware. Right. Um, it's, and I, I mean, I, I say that, but it's like, I have to tell my students that over and over again, especially when huh. we talk about like inequalities, I'm like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying <laughs> to make you aware. Um, but it is like to be aware of it. Cause you can't change something you're not aware of. Yeah. Um, and so the next thing is to like, as far as like specifically with like children's ministry and Sunday school and those things is take a look at your curriculum and who writes it. Like, mm -hmm. like it, is there a diverse writing staff? Um, if not, that's gonna be problematic. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, to be honest, there aren't a lot of diverse writing staffs right now, like in different publishers that I've looked at. Right. But just to even ask that question, like to take a look and see who's, who's part of the writing team for this. And if it isn't, if it is homogeneously, homogeneously white, 
then you have some extra work to do. Um, and I think that again, right. it's being aware, like what, what are the perspectives going into this? So um, it's not, it's, you're not saying don't use things that are oh yeah, no. from a predominantly white context or white writing team, but you have extra work to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's not like, oh, well, I'm not going to use this curriculum because it's just white people. Right. And that's not the issue. The issue is like, well, then we need to be aware that you're going to have to do some extra work to bring other voices to the table. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that's another question. Um, and then the other one is, um, is to take a look at, I mean, there's another, it's take a look at the pictures and illustrations and things in the curriculum. Again, is, are they homogenous, right? Or is there some mm -hmm. diversity going on? Especially the Bible story pictures. Mm -hmm. um, like, is every Bible story picture a picture of white people? Um, no. I mean, first of all, that's not historically accurate. Second of all, you just need diversity, period. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, again, it goes into like, what what are the voices that are going into it? And, and so if it's lacking, then it's like, then you're gonna, there's a lot of resources where we can, you can find, diverse pictures like bible story pictures um i mean that's google is our friend for some of that stuff right right um and and there are a lot of more resources that are coming out like bible story books and other things that are incorporating um diverse like diversity within illustrations and having diverse authors and other things like that mm -hmm. um so i think those are some preliminary things like as far as like what churches can do is and a lot of it is just being aware, like what, what are the cultural influences and racial influences? Um, and even gendered wise, it's like looking at like how many stories are told about women um, right. in your, in the scope and sequence. And the other thing, do the women stay as the central character or are they being <laughs> overshadowed mm. by men in the end? Cause it's very easy for the story of Esther to all of a sudden become the story of Mordecai. Right. Or the story of Ruth to become the story of Boaz. And it's like, so, um, and I saw that happening in curriculum a lot. So, um, so yeah, right. it's just like right. making sure that we're being explicit about this. Cause again, if it's not, you can't just have a null curriculum about it. Cause if you, if you don't talk about it, then dominant ideologies are going to come in anyways. Um, right. Right. So there, there, is, there is no neutral stance. You are saying no. something even if you say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So what about for churches that want to go deeper and they maybe they've already started on this awareness process? Um, what, what, uh, what other things did, did you notice or what other advice would you have? Um, I think one thing, and this is, this is something that um, I'm still developing and need to like take a look at some other churches um, as far as like what, what they're doing. But I think like, cause one of the questions that I get asked a lot is like, well, I live in a community that's mostly white. So, and I still want to be like racially aware or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but we don't have like black people that I can use as Sunday school teachers or whatever. Um, and I think what I found, and again, this goes back to the, the African-American church that I was at was not only because it's like, oh, well, it's easy for them because they're African-American. But I think what we what was special about that wasn't just their African-American identity, but because they are a marginalized population, they paid attention to the needs of other marginalized populations. Mm. So this church would have like workshops for people who just got out of prison, like with a felony 
to try and work with lawyers to get their voting rights back. Right. Um, they did like job training for people who were trying to like look for jobs. They had a, um, um, a gym at the church that they would open up to the community for kids mm -hmm. to come in and like do homework because this was in a low income part of the community. Mm -hmm. um, so those sorts of things like, okay, well, you might like, you want to deal with racial issues, but you might not have the racial diversity in your community. Well, just you have some sort of marginalized population in your community. It doesn't right. just have to be a racialized, like a racially marginalized population. Um, so start, start paying attention to those people who are marginalized in your community, whether it be socioeconomically or um, sexuality, like sexual minorities or gender minorities. Mm -hmm. um, like there's there there are people who in your communities that again are marginalized and Jesus calls us to be with the marginalized right yeah, exactly um, and so as you do that then that attunes you to the needs of the people that Jesus wants us to pay attention to and so yeah. um, so you may not necessarily start with like um, racially my minoritized people maybe you you deal with poverty in your in your um, community first, yeah. because that's, that's what's there. Um, but yeah, so like paying attention to, to those marginalized populations and, and, and how can we, um, as the body of Christ, bring the kingdom into those areas to, mm -hmm. to reinforce like, and point out the image of God in those people. Um, and, that, and not and just for them, God. but work alongside them too. Right, right. And, and as you said earlier, like that's teaching the Bible. That's, we might not be sitting mm -hmm. down in exactly. the classroom and saying, this is the story of the good Samaritan. But as you just said, that's exactly what Jesus did and calls us to do. So we better do it. Mm -hmm. We are running out of time. Uh, there is so much more that we could say. And I'm sure uh, there are many listeners out there who feel just as I do and want to know more about your work and the kind of things that you've been talking about, um, where can we go to learn more? Um, that's a, another great question. Um, so right now I'm still working like on my dissertation stuff to turn that into a book and right. that's still a ways out. But um, one place that um, you can is there's a book, The Bridging Theory and Practice in Children's Spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, is I have a chapter in there and it's the one that's on normalizing whiteness in Sunday school curriculums. So yeah. you can read about some of my research there and some of the, the suggestions that I have. There's also another great chapter in there on race by Karen Williams, okay, um, which is really good to talk about. She's an African-American woman who works in um, publishing for African-American churches. So um, she has a really good chapter on like thinking about race and stuff in the church as well. So that's, I mean, that's one place to, to, to see some of that work. There's actually, there's a lot of great stuff in that book. So, so we should, you know, go for Henry's chapter, but stay for all the other ones. Yes, definitely. It did. Yeah. And there's a lot of a great other great chapters in there too. So yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share um, the, the, everything that you've learned through your research and your wisdom um, through your years in, in on the ground um, kind of frontline work in ministry with children. Uh, and I hope that as you say, you're, you're working at uh, taking the dissertation and turning it into a book. Um, I hope that when that becomes available, we can do a follow-up uh, of some sort to, to learn even more and, uh, and, and dig deeper into some of these issues. 
Yeah, no, that would be great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Forward podcast series. If you want to learn more from creative thinkers and innovative leaders, be sure to subscribe or visit faith-forward.net.